My name is Robert Cumberbatch, for those of you who don't know me, and I've been coming to Forest Brook for over 35 years. It's a long time, right? Some of the more observant among you have observed that I have an accent. I've had it for years. <laughs> the funny thing is that when I go to the Caribbean, it disappears. <laughs> and then when I get back here, it comes back. It's weird how accents work. But it's a warm and lovely accent, I might tell you. I might even call it melodious. And for those of you who don't have it, I am sympathetic. <laughs> what a wonderful reading we just had. Oh, what a wonderful reading. My heart glorifies the Lord. So last week, Kevin introduced us to this series on wonder. The wonder of the incarnation. And our hope is that you will be stirred to ponder and seek and experience once again, or for the very first time, the incredible and awesome wonder of Emmanuel, God, God, God with us. Now this Christmas season, as Kevin mentioned last week, will be a season of wonder for you. Many of us have, a long time ago, been stirred by the wonder of the baby Jesus, his life and sacrifice, and have surrendered to the wonder, accepting the promise of the incarnation the promise of forgiveness and freedom and a future of wonder. Our hope is that you will be refreshed by a reminder this Christmas of the meaning of that wonder. Some of you have never experienced the liberating power of surrender to the wonder of a God who in Jesus committed himself to us as Emmanuel, God with us. It is our hope that this Christmas you will experience the power and wonder of the Incarnation. And so, for the next three weeks, we will look at how wonder entered into and profoundly shaped the lives of three people. We will see how each of these three people, Mary, Zachariah, and Simeon, responded to the wonder of Emmanuel. All of them, in responding, exploded in an outburst of song. And so this week, we start with Mary. That was the song 
so movingly read by Chelsea. Let's look at it. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. When you think about it, this is truly an amazing song, especially when you realize who it is coming from. A young girl, probably no more than 14 or 15 years old. Where does such wisdom, which, where does such insight come from? It is insight and wisdom in response to the wonder of what she had experienced. There are four concepts in that song that I want you to take with you today. Four concepts. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices. What does that tell us? Concept number one. Something has happened inside of Mary. Something has affected her soul and her very spirit. It is the wonder of what she has encountered. Not only has something happened inside of Mary, concept number two, Something has happened to Mary. God has visited her. God has been mindful of her. He has been mindful of my humble state. And concept number three. Whatever has happened to Mary has ramifications for her future. What does she say from now on, in the future, all generations will call me blessed? And finally, concept number four. The largest portion of the song is a celebration of praise 
for the fact that whatever has happened to her is the work of a God of infinite power and mercy and love. The God of the universe, the God of quarks and quasars and black holes, the God of the oceans, of the mountains, of the valleys. This is the God whom she has encountered. A God that blows your mind. And so, we can see what causes this song. It is nothing less than an encounter with the sublime. An encounter with wonder. An encounter with God. And again, who is this person that's experiencing this? This mind-blowing, supernatural, miraculous encounter with the God of the universe through his angel messenger, Mary. Ordinary Mary. Seemingly unimposing Mary. Engaged at a young age to Joseph. Girls were expected to grow up quickly in those days. But for this humble, ordinary maiden, out of nowhere, unexpectedly, God shows up on her doorstep in his messenger Gabriel. She is blown away. At first, shock, fear, confusion, astonishment. This is too big. And finally, acceptance. You read the story. What does her response is at the end? I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. The wonder of it all. And after that, nothing will ever be the same for Mary. Nothing will ever be the same. She will never be ordinary again. She might not have been special in her own eyes, but in God's eyes, she was extraordinary. We, because of Emmanuel, we too, regardless of what you think of yourself, we too are extraordinary. We are the wonder of God's creation. Extraordinary. And so many of us don't know it. We haven't received it. I have no idea about what Mary thought about herself. 
too short, too fat, too thin, too ugly, too low class, poor, too poor, too young. Whatever she thought of herself, she has no pretensions. A song tells us, I am just a humble servant. But a humble servant made extraordinary by God. We will never know, I will never know fully why God picked her. I would suggest that Mary herself would be hard-pressed to explain it. But as I read my Bible, I am struck by this. God keeps choosing to bless the poor, the oppressed, the rejected, over the rich and those of great status. He chooses the shepherd boy David over his, over his older soldier brothers. He chooses Joseph over Reuben and Judah. He chooses the shepherd Moses rather than Moses, prince of Judah. Where does Moses find God? He finds him as a shepherd in a desert out of the sphere of influence that so many crave. And it seems to me that the quality that God looks for most of all in a person is humility. And Mary had it in spades. The curse, if you would call it that, of the rich and powerful is that they can hardly know the marvel and wonder that a poverty-stricken street person feels when some unexpected benefactor invites him or her to a party and he or she sees for the first time in wonder a banquet of the most lavish feast spread on a table before him. What does it say in 1 Corinthians 1 and 27. God purposely chose what the world considers nonsense in order to shame the wise. And he chose what the world considers weak in order to shame the powerful. He chose what the world looks down on and despises and thinks is nothing in order to destroy what the world thinks is important. And so, God lavishes his favor on an ordinary girl. You are highly favored. And more than that, he assigns to her an ordinary girl an astonishing responsibility. She will bear God's Messiah. 
she will bear Emmanuel. Think about that. No wonder Mary is absolutely enmeshed in the wonder of it all. It takes her breath away. And in response, something bubbles up in her heart and bursts forth into song. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Because when you encounter God, really encounter God, and realize who it is you are encountering, it shakes you to your very core. With wonder and amazement, and out of the depths of your soul, there will arise an outburst of hallelujahs. You become aware in the core of your being, often deeper than your own consciousness, that you have encountered the pinnacle of truth, unimaginable love, absolute holiness and purity, and a grace that is beyond all comprehension. It washes over you like a flood and fills your soul to overflowing so that you cannot but yield, you cannot but say yes to God. And in so doing, turn away in repentance from the imprisonment of your sin and guilt and shame to live in the freedom of a life lived in the liberating love of God. And that's why Mary sings. That's why they saw. And the amazing thing, really not amazing, knowing God, the amazing thing is that some 2,000 years after Mary, we too can experience the power and wonder of God with us. That is the wonder of the incarnation. That's what Christmas is all about. It is this wonder that Kevin, at 35 years old, as he said last week, responded to and embraced for the first time in all its wonder. And that is the wonder that I too experienced in my mid-teens, though not as dramatic as Mary's. My own encounter with Jesus, with wonder, was sudden unexpected and life-changing. I remember that Friday night in May, years ago. The visiting preacher preached his sermon. I don't remember anything about the sermon. We sang lots of songs. Only one moved me. God was not in the sermon. We sang the song, God was not in the song. God was sitting 
in my seat. God was there. He had been there all along. He was sitting in my seat waiting for me. His hands stretched out in invitation and love. And my resistance melted away. There was wonder. There was love. There was grace. There was forgiveness in my seat. And peace. The peace that passes all understanding. I had found Emmanuel. The God who is with us. The wonder of Christmas and Good Friday and Easter in me. Strike that. Emmanuel had found me. Mary, Robert, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. My life has never been the same since. Oh, I've had my ups and downs. Times I'm not too proud about. But the wonder of that encounter, that encounter with God, is that in the times that I may have been drifting away, He never left me. I will never leave you or forsake you, He said. But whether like me and so many others here today, you have embraced the wonder, uh, the Jesus of Christmas, or not, God is near. And if you have not embraced this wonder, he's waiting for you to look up, to look down, to look around you, to share his wonder with you. To make something extraordinary of your life. And the Bible says if you look, really look, you will find him. They that seek him will find him. Sitting in your seat right now. Sitting in your seat right now. God is everywhere. He fills every space. Here is what Paul says to the Athenians at Mars Hill in the book of Acts. In 17, verse 27, he says, From one human being, he created all races of people and made them live throughout the whole earth. He himself fixed beforehand the exact times and the limits of the places where they would live. He did this so that they would look for him. And perhaps find him as they felt around for him. Yet God is actually not far from any one of us. And here is what the psalmist says in Psalm 139. You should read it when you go home. Psalm 139. Beautiful psalm. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, 
You are there. Emmanuel. God with us. So the God of Christmas, Emmanuel, the God with us, as I said, fills all space and has in the form of his son Jesus done something totally mind-blowing. Made himself small. Came down to earth entering a young girl's womb that first Christmas. He became one of us. He walked this earth filling those who met him with wonder. Who is this man? Who is this? He then died. And then in a moment of incredible wonder and power, came to life again. And the amazing truth is that he has never left. He wants to amaze you. He wants to blow your mind away. If you have never experienced that wonder, look carefully. Look carefully. He is right here, right now, waiting for you. So, what does it mean for us today? How does the story of Mary's song speak to us? What challenge does it set before us? This is what we'll consider. But first, let's have a pause. In this pause, I'm going to ask you to reflect on what it has meant to you to encounter the God of Christmas, the God Emmanuel, or what it would mean if you have not yet encountered him, what it would mean for you to encounter him. And as we do that, as you reflect on that, I'm going to ask the ushers to come up and the worship team to come up as we lead into communion. Communion. Perhaps there is no single practical act that so powerfully speaks to us about the wonder of Emmanuel, God with us than this activity of sharing the bread and wine together. In a deep sense, Jesus is with us. He is the one who is passing the bread and the wine, the grape juice. The Bible tells us that on the night before his arrest, Jesus gathered his disciples together, those who had experienced and shared the wonder of his presence for so long, and he shared this first communion with them. And he said, remember me. Remember how much I love you. That the death I'm going to die, he might well have said, is for you. And he could well have added, you will think I'm gone, but I will rise again. And I will never leave you or forsake you. In communion, let us experience again the wonder of what he did for us. The wonder of his continuing presence. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, 
you who displayed your wonder so many years ago and who has displayed it to millions of people since. We come to you in wonder and amazement at your great love. You amazed us in your incarnation. You amazed us in your death and resurrection. And you continue to amaze us in your ongoing presence. And as we take these emblems, we remember you. Touch us once again with the wonder of who you are. Amen. So what does it mean for us to encounter the God of the Incarnation, Emmanuel, today? What would it mean to find him sitting in your seat? When I was growing up, there was always a kind of wonder to Christmas. It was the wonder of Christmas lights, Christmas stories, family Christmas celebrations, Christmas presents. For me, it was magical. But this is not the wonder of the incarnation. Not the wonder of Emmanuel, God with us. Not the wonder I felt that made Friday night. Because once the season was over, the magic disappeared. And there was left always a hole in my heart. God seemed far away. For many today, God seems far away. You struggle with sadness, disappointment, bitterness, anger, grief, pain, deep guilt, shame, rejection, loneliness, family separation and division. You are in a dark place. I don't fully understand it. I don't understand why pain, why such darkness, why disappointment. I really don't. But this is what I have come to know. God wants to hold your hands. Sitting with you in your dark place. Like a mother who sits with a sick child holding its hand, waiting for the medicine to work. Sometimes it works quickly. Sometimes it takes a long, 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 weary time. But the mother never leaves the child's side. That is what God 
wants to do with you. That's what he's waiting for. But he will not force himself on you against your will. You have to give up the resistance. I had to give up my resistance to discover him. So here is my appeal to you today. Invite him in. Put your hand in his. He loves you. Really, really loves you. He wants to wreck he wants to rescue you. He wants to be your companion, your companion in loneliness, in whatever dark place you may be right now. And once you place your hands in his, you will never regret it. You will never regret it. And you haven't done this. Now is a good time. Now is a good time. Put your hands in the hand of the Lord of the universe. Now is a good, good, good time. You can do it right now in your seat. Right now where you are. You can discover Jesus. Jesus. Right now where you are. If you do so, there's no we would like to pray for you. And at the end of this service, we'll have some people here who would love to pray with you. And for the rest of us who have experienced the wonder, have the challenges of life allowed the wonder to drift? Has the wonder gone stale? To you, I want to issue this challenge for the coming week. Nothing prevents uh, and dims our awareness of the presence and wonder of God more than the busyness and distraction of life. And for some reason, at Christmas time, when we should be closest to Him, the distraction and the busyness and the stress takes its toll. You need a quiet place. For the next few days, I'm going to invite you to find a quiet place. Maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes in the day, sometime that's nice and quiet. And then, with paper and pen in hand, I want you to write your own song. Write your own song. Like Mary. Think of the wonder you first experienced when you received Christ. And then think of the four parts of Mary's song. So one day you might work on one part, the other day you might work on another part. One, what has the wonder of the incarnation affected within me? My soul magnifies, my spirit rejoices. What has it done to my soul, to my spirit? Two, what has happened to you as a result of embracing this wonder? What has happened to you? What has happened in your life? Three, what is it that as a result of my experience, 
I can look forward to in the future? Knowing whose hands you're in. What can I look forward to? And finally, what amazes me about the incarnate one, about Emmanuel, God with us. And then, reflect that there is a new wonder coming. There is a new wonder in the offing. It's being worked on right now. And I'll send you away with this. It's a wonder that will blow your mind. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 4 to 5. Every valley shall be lifted up, shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places are plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all the people will see it together. The glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all the dark places will vanish. And there will be a new beginning. Every mountain in your life made low. All the valleys raised up, crooked paths made straight. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we marvel at Mary's song of wonder. We marvel at the wonder of your love. That the God of the universe came to be with us. That you are here right now in the person of your Holy Spirit. And we pray that we will never lose sight of the wonder and glory. And that this may be a season of wonder for all of us. In your name we pray. Amen.